0: Hi, Welcome back to the Friends of Cabrini podcast. This is your host, Jaleesa, and you're listening to episode 10. So today, guys, we're going to be talking about winding down. What does it look like to come to the end of our homeschool or unschooling year? And how do we prepare for the next year? How do we prepare for that? Now... Typically, in your, if you're in the months of, say, April, May, or June, then you're probably in your wind-down time. This is probably when you're kind of ready to just collapse on all types of learning. And you might think that you're at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to your curriculum, when it comes to the reading text, when it comes to math equations, science projects, whatever it is you're doing. But I'm here to tell you that this is not the end. As the legendary and wonderful Kobe Bryant once said, you do not rest in the middle. Just because this might be April, May, or June, doesn't mean it's the end. You do not rest in the the middle. Remember, the school year is very similar to a marathon. So do we wind down at the end? Do we wind down in the middle? Or do we sprint? And I'm here to tell you that for me and my son, we sprint. Guys, I know that most of us are probably like, we are bombarded all year long with these projects and so many things that's happening. And I'm sure even in the public schools, the teachers feel the same way. And we all want to break and we want to rest. And that's great. But this is not the time to lose the momentum of which you and your child have developed throughout the school year where you've learned so much, whether you've learned so much as the homeschool parent or whether they've learned so much as the student, as the unschooler, you don't wanna lose that momentum because it's gonna be kind of like, why do we sacrifice it all? What do we do it all for if we can't see results now the results don't necessarily have to look like you giving your child a test and quizzing them on what it is that they've learned but you can absolutely be creative in figuring out how your child has learned things from various units or lessons and how they interlock or simply if your child has retained any of the information that they've learned over the last couple of months but i'm here to tell you guys that Even though that this is coming to an end, this is not the place or time when you rest and it's not the place or time when you wind down. You sprint. We go into this thing sprinting, guys. I want you guys to think about your end of the year goals. I also want you to think about the goals that you weren't quite able to achieve this year. And whether that be because of the incline of weather, whether that simply be because there's so many things going on with your family and whatnot, Think about those goals that you initially had or that your child initially had and they weren't achieved and figure out, hey, can we use the time period that we have left now to achieve those goals? That might look like going outside and biking. That might look like gardening and planting. That might look like bird watching. Whatever it is that your goals were, I want you guys to think about those things that you weren't able to achieve. There's still time to achieve those things. So let's get to it. Let's do a kick, push, start on those things. And while we're doing that, we can reflect and look back at our year and we can see, hmm, what are some of our end of the the year goals? What are some of our takeaways that we want to have for this particular year as we prepare and we go into the next year? Maybe that might look like you focusing more on a particular subject, say like math. Your child might have started out the school year learning in certain math concepts on multiplication or division, time, and now you're at a point where they're learning about perimeter and area and measurements. This might be the time where you can really just zone in on all of those concepts and to make sure that your child is able to understand those concepts in real time. Maybe that might look like you taking a field trip with your child and you're taking them out to visit small businesses and they visit the small businesses or they volunteer at these different small businesses or even nonprofits and they learn how to use their math skills that they've learned throughout the year and apply them in real time that might look like you being creative and allowing your child the time and the space to do that. Or you might wanna teach up for new work that's coming for the next school year. Maybe you might wanna introduce them to some more advanced topics just to see if they can kind of handle those topics prior to the coming months in the fall. So I want you guys to know, number one, we do not pause. In the middle, no resting, as Kobe said, because we are not going to interrupt the momentum. We're gonna sprint. Number two, we're gonna look at our unachieved goals as well as our end of the year goals. And now number three, let's get creative. Now, you might say, what does getting creative have to do with the end of the year? It has everything to do with the end of the year, guys. I'm here to tell you that one of my favorite, favorite ways to get creative, not just at the end of the year, but throughout the entire unschool year for me and my son is to have him do those self-directed projects. Again, self-directed projects. Now, what does that look like, you might ask? I'll tell you. Self-directed projects is when your child, who's the unschooler, takes it upon his or herself to discover and experience whatever topic, whatever subject, whenever, wherever, however, there is very little, if not any guidance or teaching instruction at all on your end, simply because you are allowing your child to be creative and creating their own projects for themselves. Now, if you are to give some type of guidance or instruction, then that would probably be simply on the premise of teaching your child how to research properly. And what that research looks like is helping them to understand how to collect materials or supplies, helping them to understand how to find key sources that are primary or secondary sources of information and helping them to understand that it is important for them to control the narrative of their learning. And this is particularly key specifically for African-American families. When we have African-American children who are doing self-directed projects and they are trying to discover things about their heritage, their history, their ancestors, it is important for them to really be able to use those key skills of research to really get real truths, gentle truths, honest truths throughout their project. Because nine times out of 10, they're not gonna be able to find information that comes from a credited source that can also relate to the African-American community or the African-American experience. And so it is very important for your child to control the narrative of their learning and also know how to control the narrative of their learning. If they are not able or if they are not knowledgeable of how to do those things, then you're leaving them in a very dangerous place. And so I definitely wanna recommend That is being number one when it comes to creative self-directed projects. Now, once your child has managed that skill set of simply being able to research, then it's time for you as the parent to kind of step back. And again, no teaching instruction, no guidance, really. If you are to provide anything to your child, then that simply looks like you being encouraging and you being supportive when it comes to them managing their project. If you can lend them a hand on the project management side of things, that's great. Just keeping them with a reminder of what's their timeline, what's their deadline. But the actual work, the actual discovery, the actual research is all done by your child. The choosing of the topic is all done by your child. And so I want you guys to know that Even when you're in this uh, winding down time, there's actually, again, really no reason to wind down because now you get to sprint. Now your child gets to take everything that they have learned and everything that they have discovered throughout their unschool or homeschool year, and they get to apply it to a project of their own choosing. And they get to discover new things. And you get to really see them have these really wonderful, uh, creative and amazing experiences they get to really be very enterprising and that's really what we're looking for when we are unschooling guys particularly with unschoolers we're looking for our children to be present in the moment and be able to have new and creative experiences that are enjoyable, that are exciting to them, and things that they can use as life skills. They can go on and use these things as life skills, not just in the moment, but they will be able to apply these things over time. And so that's Ultimately, what we're really looking at, we're not necessarily looking to see if they're going to get an A or a B in a certain reading test or an A or a B on spelling. We're really looking to see if they're going to be able to apply said skills throughout their life. That's really what the outcome should really look like. And so in closing, I'm just here to tell you guys, you know, be encouraging to your child. Be willing to help them manage their project, but don't do the project for them. Be willing to support them at this end of the year time, but don't pause the learning and the momentum that you've started and you've gained over the time. Be open to what your child wants to discover. Don't freak out about their projects, whatever it might be. Be open to simply letting your child be enterprising. Allow them to understand how and when and where to learn, to cook, to make, to build, to discover, to create. Whatever it is, give them those opportunities because that's truly what unschooling and homeschooling is about. Well, you guys know my motto. Until next time, I thank you for listening.